Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. We had such a blast at our meetup with you all in New York City. Just the biggest thanks to Red Bull, Red Bulletin for bringing Sims, product, people, good vibes, and thank you also to Maxwell for hosting. But most of all, thank you all for coming. We got a DM that said seeing a room full of girls watching F1 together makes my heart scream, and we could not agree more. We feel that 100%. So such a blast and quite a race as well. We'll get right into it. I'm Tiggy. I'm Sarah. And I'm Chessa. Okay, let's launch into our main takeaways for this weekend. There was definitely, um, at least for me, a lot going on, especially at the beginning of the race. But I think for me, there was nothing more special than watching, like Tiggy said, the race in a room full of all of you. It was just really fun to feel that energy. And this was definitely a good race for a watch party. But I think for the race itself, to me, it just seems like the end of the season is really shaping up to just be excellent racing. Of course, minus Max just like consistently hanging out miles ahead of everyone. Um, But the race showed us some amazing wheel-to-wheel action up and down the grid. It really did show me too how far the Mercedes and the McLaren cars have come in particular and just full of drama as well. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing seeing the driving up and down the grid. There were so many really impressive drives from people from Hulkenberg to Albon to Lando to both Mercedes to Danny Rick. Just so much out there. We could see this even kind of during the race with the driver of the day voting changing so much throughout (laughs) the race, including Checo at one point. Um, Yeah, devastated for Checo, and I think it is just indicative of – the trend we're seeing and what we've discussed so much of just how much pressure he's under. And the aerial shot was so interesting seeing the Red Bulls absolutely launch off the line compared to the Ferraris. And he just went for it too much. I think obviously these things are happening in milliseconds. They were three wide, but I think it was an example of him just pushing too hard. And then besides that, I'm so happy for Daniel Ricardo. I mm-hmm. been a bit of a broken record about how much I want a big comeback from him and putting an AlphaTauri up at the front of the grid fighting with a Mercedes is exactly what he needs to be doing to make his mark. For me, I am still not over the start of that race. We were literally taking bets on when Max would be in P1. And I don't think anybody said earlier than lap three, but try turn one, (laughs) which is insane starting from P3 on the grid. But Yeah, like both Chessa and Sarah said, so horrible for Checo during his home race at that. And I'm just not psyched, though, about people booing Charles and just booing in general, Max needing security. Like, I I get the hometown pride. I get the the racer pride, all of that. But it's just – it's a little bit much. Some great storylines with midfield battles. Lando, obviously. Danny Rick doing what he needed to do. I mean, he already has a seat, but just continuing to prove that he he deserves that spot. Um, so I was happy to see that he did that. And yeah, just the highlight was watching with so many of you. So thank you for making our day. For MVPs. So I'm going to give it to Lando. I just think it's hard to give it <laughs> to anybody else. Just what an insane drive overtake after overtake shout out to piastri for his maturity with those team orders as well Mm -hmm. and um jose lando's performance engineer saying that he thinks that was their best race ever which i think that's hard to to disagree with so 
also have to throw Lewis in as well because of he did course. start from <laughs> P6, finished P2, have not seen him that happy in a very, very long time. He also even on the radio was like, the balance is great, mate. Like, when do we ever hear that? Yeah, he <laughs> was happy. <laughs> so, great. Uh, for me, I have to say Daniel Ricardo. I think if anyone had said earlier this season that an Alpha Tauri would qualify P4 in a Grand Prix, it's looked like <laughs> the slowest car on the grid for a lot of the season. They've really been struggling. Yes, there have been some updates to the car, but I think it was largely down to Danny that he was able to make that happen. And also just amazing pace during the race. He wasn't able to uh, fend off George at the end, but the fact that he was able to fight with him for so long was just a testament again to his performance. And I think also the Delta to Yuki again is a further example of how well he's driving and also what kind of maturity and being such an accomplished driver brings and why they wanted him in that seat. Yeah, I think the Delta to Yuki is in more ways than one, which I'm sure we will talk about. Um, for me, the MVP of the race, like Tiggy, is Lando. I just think P17 to P5, epic drive, and I've just never seen anyone drive with such urgency. Like He was just cranking out overtakes one after the other, so very happy for him. Um, what about LVP, guys? LVP, I was a little split on this, but maybe kind of the Ferrari – race pace like it was just super disappointing that they had such a exciting Saturday a one-two that no one was expecting and then ended up with only one car on the podium just could not really fight the the Mercedes and the Red Bulls that start and the the speed off the line was crazy to watch yeah definitely that speed was tough but also Charles was driving with like a broken front wing so that's also I think part of a factor there for me, I'm going to go with the fan booing. I just, I said it in the intro, but like, it's really just frustrating. And it's not just the Mexican fans. We've seen it at so many other tracks as well. And it's just frustrating uh, that people feel the need to do that. It's disrespectful. And, you know, I don't think there's really ever a situation where it calls for that. So let's make it stop. Let's make it stop. Um, for me, my LVP was Yuki. I just think he was doing some like overly aggressive, unnecessarily aggressive driving. His contact with Piastri twice was rough. And then I think a funny LVP, but I think everyone can agree at the end of the race, obviously the cameras were on Max finishing the race and winning, but there had been some amazing wheel-to-wheel um, battles between George and Danny that just didn't get coverage. And so we were really sad about that. Yeah, they were fighting down to the last corner, and it wasn't even being shown. We never got to see it. (laughs) Okay, hot takes. Mine are just abysmal. I had Chaco on podium, so clearly we could have not been farther from that. And then I had Lando winning, which obviously didn't happen, but I think his comeback drive might make up for it. I think I had a shock podium or win, so just no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had a Lewis win and really could have looked good if Max wasn't so good all the dang time. But I don't know. I feel like now that Red Bull have tied up constructors and drivers, minus Checo, obviously, who still needs to cinch that P2, it would just be way more fun if they put like a junior in Max's seat or had him swap with like Danny in the Alpha Towery or something. Just like give us some entertainment. This is like in high school when you're winning a game and your coach is like, play with your left foot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He joked, which was funny to a reporter last weekend about it being a much closer race. Someone said, oh, are you happy to have some competition? He was like, now that I've won the championship, yes. 
Um, but it is, we've said it so many times, just his performance has been unbelievable. And it's sad that he must get very bored. <laughs> it's also sad for everybody else who like wants a shot at a win. <laughs> I.e. Lewis, come on, man. For practice, a couple highlights. It was an interesting start to the weekend-ish since Max was on top for FP1, but Albon in the Williams was really the main story. He looked incredible. He was P2 in FP1. Checo rounded out the top three, and then there was some light rain in FP2. Max on top again, followed by Lando and Charles, and then for FP3, Albon had another strong showing, and same top three as FP1 with Max Alex and Checo. So really, Williams was the main story here. Love to see that. Um, Quality was also equally as exciting. Um, I think anyone who was watching it was getting – for me, I was just watching it thinking like, okay, what is the vibe going to be for the watch party tomorrow? Like I was just praying for a fun Q1 or whole quality and it did not disappoint. So Q1, I think the biggest shock here was Lando was out. He made a mistake on his first and only timed lap because Alonso had brought out a yellow flag. He had a little spin out. There's also some drama on this spin out since Logan passed Yuki during the yellow flag because he thought it was over. He got a 10 place grade penalty points on a super license as well. I think for the rest of Q1, it was exciting. Danny showed promising speed too. He got a nice toe from Yuki since Yuki had kind of resigned himself to not doing well in quality because he knew he was starting from the back of the grid after some engine changes. And then the biggest thing too from Q1 was all this traffic. There was a lot of traffic on the grid. A lot of cars were stalling, sort of waiting, going very slow. And so the stewards did some major investigation for impeding and infringements on Max and both Mercedes and some other cars. But luckily, nothing came out of that for them. And then in the end, we had Ocon, Magnuson, Stroll, Sargent, and Lando knocked out. Yeah, one of the announcers was so funny. They were like, stewards, cancel your dinner plans tonight. We've got a <laughs> lot to, to look at. For Q2, Danny and Botas both looked very strong, which is super exciting. Unfortunately, Albon's amazing practice pace did not translate here. He was knocked out. We had Gasly, Hulkenberg, Alonso, Albon, and Yuki knocked out of Q2. For Q3, it was an amazing start for Ferrari. Charles got provisional pull pretty early on in the session. Sainz was only a fraction of a second behind. Max was not able to put in a fast enough lap for the front row since he made a small mistake in the middle sector, hit the curb at turn eight pretty hard. And so in the end, we had Charles, Carlos, Max, Danny, insane, uh, (laughs) Checo, Lewis, Oscar, and George. So what do we think about Danny? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about his performance during the race and obviously quality, but he was so amped up in his post-race interview. So pretty awesome also for him to out-qualify Checo in an Alpha Tauri. I think that was the biggest takeaway. That was the biggest takeaway for me. I'm just like, how can an Alpha Tauri have more quality pace than a Red Bull? (laughs) So good job for Danny for getting the performance he needed out of that car. And also a bit of a shout out to Alfa Romeo. Botas has made a Q3 appearance in this race every single time he's appeared with Williams with Mercedes with two years with Alfa Romeo. So sadly did not translate to race base, but was exciting to have both cars in Q3. Yeah, starting nine and 10, pretty good for them. For start of the race and main highlights, the start was tough for Ferrari, (laughs) as we discussed. Verstappen just had insane speed off the line. He was immediately ahead of Leclerc and Sainz down into turn one. Then at one point there was 
kind of a three-way squeeze where we had Verstappen on the inside, then Leclerc in the middle, and then Checo on the outside. And Checo just really kind of turned in too early. Charles was squeezed, had absolutely nowhere to go. I think really it was it was only just Checo's fault or a racing incident. There's no world in which this was Charles or Max's yeah. fault. Um, even even Checo said it was a racing incident in his caption. Checo went flying. It was a really bad impact. He had huge side pod damage. And he had to retire. There was just no way he could continue. So out of turn one, we had Max and then Charles and then Sainz. This was such an insane start for me. And there was a split, split second where I saw a Red Bull get air and fly off the track. And my brain immediately was like, oh my God, Max is out of the race. Like that's what I thought. And obviously that's not the case because Max had already gotten away with the lead and got was safe from the tussle almost. But it was really, really sad. And I do have to give it to Checo though. He had an amazing start to just come out of nowhere and be contending for the lead right off right off the start is great but I think big bets high risk and it just did not pay off for him it's kind of incredible that it didn't ruin Charles's race as well I know he had the the front wing issue yeah we'll talk about that that fall off but yeah it's pretty wild that Checo went flying and had so much massive damage and Charles was able to carry on the other main highlight was the red flag with K-Mag. Something in his car broke and he just like went straight into the wall. It was a pretty huge impact. That and was a, a rear ton, suspension failure. Yeah, and a ton of damage. Um, and so there was a red flag period. And I was quite – I mean, it was a big crash and there was a lot of debris, but I was quite shocked that they fully red flagged it. Drivers got out of their cars. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole – whole thing um i was surprised that they didn't kind of just do a regular old safety car um while cleaning this up but they did get things underway pretty quickly but unfortunately that was the end of k-mag's race he was he was all good though yeah i hope he's okay he put in his his instagram caption that uh his hands were a little beat up which is scary post danny knowing what can happen to your hands in a situation where there's no time to take them off the wheel so i hope he's okay yeah, I saw him like shaking out his hands and it was definitely scary to see him sort of get out of his car and jump over the barriers and just kind of sit back there. All right. So if you came to our watch party, our Mexico GP watch party, or you saw it on Instagram, you know that it was supported by Red Bull USA and the Red Bulletin, one of our favorite magazines. They also have a podcast called Ready for the Big Time. For more about Formula One's American Takeover, Definitely check out Ready for the Big Time. It's a podcast, like I said, by the Red Bulletin this season. The hosts are Scott Speed, Andrew Lawrence, and F1 Tony, who we love. And they unpack the Americanization of Formula One. Each week, they explore hot topics like the splashy plans for the Vegas GP, which we love, how American car makers are betting on F1, and of course, why reaching the female content creators may be the secret ingredient to propel the sport into the stratosphere. So subscribe to Ready for the Big Time. Formula One on Apple or Spotify and visit their podcast page on redbulletin.com and of course follow Red Bulletin on Instagram. You know what we love about our Tacova's cowboy boots? You can wear them all year round and for literally any occasion. Of course you can wear them at the rodeo or at the ranch but since we're in New York City we've been getting creative 
I even wore mine with a polka dot dress and tights to Sarah's birthday party at a fun, trendy bar in New York City. Tacova's is Western to their core, and they believe in Western for all, handmaking their boots from the most premium leathers. And if you can't make it to a store, visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. And as a special bonus for you, Tacovas is throwing in a free trucker hat or ball cap worth $30 for all online orders over $100. Just use code F1 at checkout. Again, for a limited time, just enter code F1 at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Four teams. So for Red Bull, another dominant race for Max, winning for the 16th time this season. That breaks his record from last year, so pretty crazy. It's Checo. like he has to break a record every single race. <laughs> like just even if it's just topping himself every time, it's a new record. I know. Just breaking <laughs> your own records. He's like Taylor Swift. <laughs> For Checo, like we said, just so sad at his home race, but he said, it's a weekend where I risked it all to go for the win. This is just how racing is. You have days like this. But he did just look so sad going back to the garage. He was sitting in his car, almost looking like he was crying. So <laughs> what do we think about his mindset? Does this change anything for him? Everyone was speculating that he was going to be retiring at his home race, which literally would never happen <laughs> at home. I feel like that that would be so tough. But yeah, what do we think? I mean, him making such a, a risky move at the beginning to try to take it all just shows that his mindset was in a very fighter, winning, aggressive mindset, which we love to see because I think he does realize like how much is at stake. Maybe not necessarily for his 2024 seat, but definitely for his reputation. So I think if anything, this is going to make him come back even stronger for Brazil. Um, but he does, I think, kind of have to resign himself to the fact that he just didn't have a good season. He could have like a little bit of a nice silver lining at the end, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to turn his mindset to 2024 pretty soon. He can't really though, in the sense that Lewis is now only 20 points off him in the driver's championship. And I do think we've talked about this, even if it's just kind of symbolic, that is, I think the final nail in his coffin of his Red Bull career. Again, Max has won 16 times. It's, I think the fastest car in a generation. And if you're not getting P2 in a driver's championship and Lewis, who has not even won a race all season is beating you in the driver's championship is just, so he's, I think really got to pull it together the last few races. Yeah. I was so sad. I'm hitting the steering wheel. Oh, it's horrible. When you say nail in his coffin for his Red Bull career, do you mean end of this year or end of next year? I'm split on this. I kind of think if he doesn't, I think it uh, it also depends on what Red Bull's other options are because if if Red Bull thinks they seem to be standing behind him more than I would expect, like you'd see Christian really comforting him after the race. Christian's been making very strong comments about Checo's seat, about the security of it. But I think, again, as we've seen, Red Bull will do things like on no notice, pull a driver out of Alpha Tauri halfway through the season. So I think – if their marquee team, their most successful run ever is being interrupted by someone's performance. Like I just don't see how he can keep the seat for next year. If he loses P2 and just doesn't at least have like a convincing performance in the last few races. And I think it goes in tandem with again, what their other options are. So if Danny's performances the rest of the year are just kind of 
middling. I think that's one thing. But if he's putting an Alpha Tower in the top five in quality and out qualifying Checo, yes, I think it's that that is such a strong case for him being in the seat next year. Woohoo, we'll Checo's, see. Checo's dad says Checo will be racing with Max for 10 more years on the same team and that he's <laughs> competing against the best racer, you know, that there is, which is true. That is true. But that being said, he is in the Red Bull, so he should be putting it in P2 regularly. So, I don't know. I I still think Checo has a seat for next season, but I guess we'll find out. For Ferrari, it was a big day for them starting on the front row, which is it's I guess we should call this a sad fact rather than a fun fact. But he Charles has not been able to convert the last 11 pole positions into wins. So we will keep holding out hope for the last few races of the season. Ferrari is the only team to have won a race this season besides Red Bull. So, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> like we said, he did have that early front wing damage, but I think like. All, all facts aside or whatever, like Ferrari managed to hold it together given this fact. Apparently, he was really losing downforce from the front wing damage, but they managed to get a little bit of luck, kept their strategy intact. Um, and the big thing here was he got really lucky. Like you could see the front wing damage pretty visibly after after the first lap, and it was definitely looking like it was about to fall off. And they were lucky that they didn't get a black and orange flag that would have sent Charles to the pits, and instead it just fell off. And then they had the red flag and he was able to change his front wing. So he got very lucky and they did actually have to get investigated by the stewards for that, but they were able to get away with that. And Charles held on to his P3 finish. It would have been tragic if he lost podium again due to post-race steward investigations. (laughs) For Mercedes, what a weekend for Lewis driving from P6 to P2 between getting P2 and Checo DNFing. He's now only 20 points away and he's definitely knocking on the door of P2 in the Drivers' Championship. Toto was just beaming and said, today was the first time that Lewis said the car is actually good, and it was a brilliant, brilliant drive. Proud said dad. <laughs> but then they also said, we need to give you a car where you can like win. You did everything you could. <laughs> yeah, so. I loved – it was so nice to see Lewis be so happy and emotional. He was drinking his new zero-proof tequila during the post-race press. He was promoing it. All weekend, George also did a great job defending during the race. He wasn't able to hold off Lando just on pure pace, but it was great to see the wheel-to-wheel action with Danny. That was a treat in the last couple laps of the race. Tiggy, how does it how does it feel seeing seeing your man so happy? <laughs> It feels great. I mean, obviously, I wish that he could be standing in that P1 spot one of these days, but I'm super happy for what he did driving from P6 to P2. Just incredible drive overall and just waiting for that win. And, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to the Brazil preview. But Lewis is an honorary Brazil citizen. Maybe Mm. there's something coming. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. For Alpine, um, it was definitely fun to watch the Hulkenberg battle when he was in P10. He was keeping both Alpines behind him for a very, very long time. They finally got through to the points at the end, but he did some good fighting and prevented them from trying to make up any more ground. Um, So that was cool just to see the Alpines break through, but also have some serious contention for that last position in the points. For McLaren, the car looked so good. I mean, I know we didn't have the best qualifying from Lando and Piastri, I think, was suffering from 
uh, a little bit more of a lack of pace. Did he have any damage or was he just, I mean, I know Yuki kind of drove into him a couple times, but. Um, I don't think there was anything like super material with, with the Yuki stuff at the end. Um, and I don't think they would have, they would have pitted him even if it was a small yeah. thing. I'm assuming it must have had some kind of impact though, because Yuki literally rammed, in, rammed into him twice. <laughs> yeah. So- and it's not, we don't usually see, I feel like Lando is incredible, but I don't know if we usually see like half a second Delta between the pace of those two cars. So. That was interesting. But Lando was driving like a possessed madman in the best way possible. Really, <laughs> really excellent from him. Do we have any favorite moments from his race? Any favorite overtakes or just general times? <laughs> I just think his comeback after the red flag was insane because he had made up a lot of ground and then got unlucky with the red flag, had to claw back several more places again from deep in he was like p14 or p15 so it was just incredible it was a very max-esque drive yeah when we see max start from the back of the grid and just not give up until he's on the podium or close to it 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 kind of reminded me of that i also loved that piastri was so 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 mature about the team orders also about yuki crashing into him yeah it's just like oh he turned into me any other driver would have been like a string of expletives. Yeah, exactly. Yuki, Yuki would have had a string of expletives. I think he yeah. did have a string of expletives. He did, and he, of he's the one who did it. <laughs> I think the craziest thing for Lando was like before the red flag, he was steady Eddie, you know, just picking picking cars off left and right. But after the red flag, like you said, it was just you you see cars like and drivers wanting to do well and and driving as such, but like you rarely, or for me, I think you rarely see a car like you can see the hunger translate directly into the driving and just seeing him just like go for these amazing overtakes, you know, slightly risky, but definitely calculated and just, you know, executing after each, like passing drivers left and right. I just think Lando was doing a lot of probably doing a lot of mental math, but just felt very, very strong conviction to, to get up there. So very cool. One thing we were talking about a little bit is I love Charles, but you just don't see Lando making the same mistakes that you see Charles making. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you put Lando, which the McLaren now has, in a car like the McLaren that has really top speed. And it's truly like world champion potential. I'm waiting for that year and that day because I do feel like it is coming. I do think, though, Lando did – the only that the reason why he had to do this drive was because of a quality mistake. <laughs> sure, but I don't think that he he like makes those mistakes. Maybe we just haven't seen him up in the front with the pressure that Charles has had so often, and like part of that is Ferrari. But we have seen Charles make a lot, a lot of mistakes, and I don't feel like the same can be said for Lando at this stage. Yeah, definitely. Okay, for Alfa Romeo, they had a tough, tough race after they had an exciting quality with both cars in Q3. Q3, Q3. <laughs> um, they really looked like the weakest team, especially with Danny pulling that Alfa Tauri to the front of the grid. They had, and then we had House and Williams near in the points. So, so I think overall, just Alfa Romeo definitely slipped, and now they are only, or now they are ninth in the constructors' standings. And then Botas also got a five-second time penalty, and two penalty points for his collision in the race with Stroll. So not a good weekend for them. For Aston Martin, also really a weekend to write off. They immediately put out a press release with the headline, we turn our attention to next week's race after a tough weekend in Mexico City. 
Alonzo started P13. He had to retire on lap 47 from damage. Lance started from the pit lane, was looking like he would end in P13. It was looking like a pretty decent recovery drive, but he spun out from Botas hitting him with only five laps to go, and he had to retire. So a double DNF, this tail end of the season continues to be challenging and just basically the polar opposite of how they started. Tiggy's boyfriend made a funny point during the watch party yesterday, shout out Blake, where he said it's hard to think of a season where in recent memory where McLaren and Aston Martin were two teams had such an incredible reversal of fortune, like basically a polar opposite switch of just taking each other's place halfway through the season. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so wild. Uh, For AlphaTauri, such a good weekend for Danny. We already talked about this, but really making his case, doing what he needs to do, kind of a dream weekend for him. I think last weekend maybe was a little bit tough since he only had one practice session due to the sprint. So I bet the extra sessions this weekend – really helped work wonders for him. And it's wild that based on Danny's result, the team made up enough places and constructors for this to be a difference of tens of millions of dollars. So they went from 10th to 8th with just his points in this race, which like which I think equates to an extra $20 million in constructors. So Danny really just paying for himself here. A million dollar drive. <laughs> yeah, a $20 million drive. <laughs> Yuki, on the other hand, like we said, just overly aggressive in his racing and cursing on the radio. So such a bummer to kind of see that. And I will say before he made that move, he was he was pretty close to Danny. Like, I think he was only one behind two behind Danny at that point. So still had some good pace. Like the AlphaTauri overall is looking stronger than it was. But obviously that mistake did not end well for Yuki. Yeah, I think he similarly to Checo is under pressure and also similarly to Checo just really was too aggressive and made a really costly mistake. And I think it was a huge error. Like it was throwing away double points and AlphaTauri's far and away best result of the season. So it was, it was so costly, so unnecessary. And just, I think we've talked so much about whether Yuki's going to kind of mature, get his act together a bit. And I feel like this was just a big step backwards. Yeah, I just keep laughing at the fact that Yuki had said that he was excited to have Danny as a teammate so that he could learn from him on the maturity front and has yet to do so. (laughs) Anyways, let's talk about Haas. I think actually there's not much to talk about for Haas. Not a great weekend with Hulkenberg ending in P13 and then K-Mag's very scary crash in the middle of the race. I think, again, I was – it was interesting. My little sister came to the race and she has never, she doesn't really watch F1 and she saw the crash and she was like, I don't understand how you can just walk out of the car after that. And so it's just incredible to see the safety continue to win when these drivers are having full on impacts onto the barriers and the car just keeps it together and and they can just walk out. So very happy that K-Mag is okay. I will say on Hulkenberg's side, I know the results don't say it, but he was he had a really good drive. He was yes. in the points for so much of the race. Like, do think that this was a good a good performance from him and you know, shows maybe a little bit what the car can do. I know the Haas has struggled with translating quality pace into the race, but anyway, pretty good. So to to wrap up, we had Williams 
Great weekend for Albon to end in P9, grab some points after his strong showing in practice. It was obviously a bummer for Logan to have to to take that grid penalty and start from behind the pack, but it's okay. Onwards and upwards. For a few news and headlines, a big story this weekend was the intensity of the Mexico City fans. Max and Checo both needed security all weekend long. I think a lot of drivers had security. There was really intense booing of Charles during his interview based on his lap one contact with Checo. There was even a fight in the Foral Soul grandstands where a fan, supposedly a Checo fan, attacked another fan wearing Ferrari gear. He got kicked out, got a lifetime F1 ban. My God. Overall, it was scary to see Michaela. She loves F1, made a really good point about respecting drivers' personal space. She posted a video of Alonzo at a Hugo Boss event and a fan basically grabbing him from behind and putting an arm around his neck, which Alonzo kind of laughed it off, but must be so scary and just really, I think, severe invasions of of personal space all weekend. Yeah. And we were watching, Chessa, I think you had a video up on your phone on Instagram of like Max taking Mexican public transit and, you know, with the Lucha Libre masks and stuff. And you're like, that's amazing that he can do that. We're like, that is not from this year. This is so yeah. old. There's literally no way that he could ever do something like this now. It just feels like so intense. Yeah. It's so. scary. And it's a shame for sure. Um, last other piece of news, which is really exciting from the F1 Academy world, uh, Marta Garcia, our F1 Academy champion from this year, announced this week that she has a seat next year with Prema Racing in the Formula Regional European Championship. And this is huge since Freck is a major F1 feeder series. So let's go, girls. Amazing stuff. That's just the goal, I feel like, of F1 Academy. That's what it's all about is progressing these young women kind of along that pipeline. So that's huge. It's also a fully funded seat. So really great stuff. Congrats, Marta. She deserves it so much. So very happy about that. Yeah, it's awesome. And Prema is such a good team. Um, Marta had been with Prema in F1 Academy, and they have really good performances in the – more seniors feeder series like F2 as well. So also awesome to be attached to, to such a successful team. To wrap. So radio of the week. I'm so happy with that, which was Lewis on his incredible and may we note legal P2 finish. <laughs> Let's go for drivers. We have Max Verstappen at 491 points, which is enough as a constructor by like 100 points to win by himself. (laughs) Checo, 240. Lewis, 220. Carlos, 183. Fernando, 183. They are tied. And Lando, 169. Charles, 166. And George, 151. So some some battles still to be had down at the Drivers' Championship. And for constructors, we have Red Bull with a whopping 731 points. That's insane. Mercedes with 371, Ferrari again not too far behind with 349, then McLaren with 256, and Aston Martin with 236. So McLaren continues to extend their lead over Aston Martin. And with that, that was our Mesco Grand Prix recap. Thanks for listening. <laughs>